Everybody wants to have generational wealth, but nobody wants to put the work in. Where did we go wrong? This episode of A Mental Moment, we talk with Rob Boyd out of Atlanta, Georgia on his investing business, Amplify. We'll discuss how to start investing, how COVID-19 has impacted millennials the most, and how to hop on the money train. It's time to have a mental moment with Jaya and C. Tune in now. You don't want to miss it. A mental moment. All you need is a mental moment. Take a breather before you blow it. Don't hold it in. Posture or pretend. Just release and you feel far better within. A mental moment. Hey, all you need is a mental moment. A mental moment. With Jaya and C. Rob, thank you for joining us on the show today. I guess we can jump right into the discussion about creating generational wealth. How did you start this process? Oh, um, that's interesting. I never, I never lived with how I started. Well, I started, actually started at a very, very young age, and I didn't even know it. Seeing my mom working at a bank when I was younger, and even throughout high school, watching her count money, work with money all day, but then not having any when we got home really mm. created a curiosity around money that I didn't even know I was really growing up with because it was just, that was just life. Right. And as I got older and went to college and went to Howard University, I got exposed to black people that came from wealth and I had never seen that before. Mm. I grew up in a city in Durham, North Carolina, which a lot of times people know it as Raleigh-Durham and think it's one city when it's actually two separate cities that are very close together. And growing up in what I would call a average-sized metropolitan area in the South, I just I didn't see the lawyers, doctors, and things of that nature that looked like me that lived in the neighborhoods that I lived in. So once I got to Howard and it's like, oh, wow, like who I'm sitting beside in class their father is Mike Vick's lawyer, or oh, wow. her mother is a, a neurosurgeon. And it was a culture shock within my own culture that it even it lit that curiosity about money on fire because I realized I was behind the eight ball. I was late right. to the party mm. as far as just my general experiences, even though at that point I'm not working and not in thriving part of the economy right. yet. I'm just a student. So I think that that foundation of experience is really where my wealth building journey started because my life created a a quest for it. Now, once I actually actively got into the steps and the tactics in order to build wealth, uh, what I, I really first started with was finding someone who really knew how to do that very well. And YouTube was my friend. YouTube was your friend. And mm. I found a lot of successful, wealthy people and then went to find every interview, conversation, whatever they had on YouTube. So it wasn't looking for, you know, a lot of times we see those ads and this, this person that we don't know from a can of paint sitting mm-hmm. in front of a Lamborghini. Right. <laughs> and it wasn't that's what that wasn't what I was looking for. I was trying to find videos of interviews where Bill Gates is talking, where Warren Buffett yeah, is talking, right. some of those types of figures to figure out what what are they doing? How did they get to this point mm-hmm. um, in their lives when I know a lot of them had 
somewhat humble beginnings. Yeah. Right. And I know there's a, some cultural things that might make our experiences different between me being a black man and any other mm-hmm. culture of men. But I knew at, this, at the end of the day, my two legs work, my two hands work, and my <laughs> brain is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. So there is a path to where they are. That financial journey started with understanding how those types of people thought. Like, what do they think about? What do they talk about? Yeah. And then once you once you understand the mentality and what has become of their mentality in, rela- in relation to the manifestations in their life, it's like, oh, there's a there's a formula that is not financial that leads to financial prosperity and it's just a way of thinking it's one of the things that i i heard early on and that, that sticks out in my mind right now is uh, i saw an interview it was actually an interview where warren buffett and jay-z had lunch together and it was a four i think it was a forbes interview and i found it on youtube years ago and one of the things that i remember warren buffett really repeating and saying is that He's trying to figure out how to solve problems 50, 100 years from now. He's not thinking about right now. He's like, if you're thinking about, about right now, you're already late. And, wow. and so, yeah. so I started hearing this, and I didn't really know what all that meant. I'm just mm-hmm. listening to it, trying to figure out what language are you speaking? Like, what, <laughs> where, like, what, what, is, what is life really about? And... and I guess listening to those individuals and understanding their thought process because their thought process is what's created value, not no getting lucky or anything like that. It's their thought process because everything that manifests in our life is a product of, an, of a thought because thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to actions, actions right. lead to results. Absolutely. So there's this formula where, all right, every result in my life started with a thought. Whether it was a bad thought, a positive thought, whatever these results that I'm seeing in my life, I need to understand that it didn't start with somebody taking anything away from me. Mm-hmm. It didn't start with somebody suppressing my opportunities in any way, even though that's a that's an easy outlet to, to run with. It's that every result in my life is a product of my thoughts. Now, what I got to figure out is how do I get better at managing and controlling my thoughts? What am I thinking about every day? Am I thinking about the fact that my bank account is not where I want it to be? Or am I thinking about what are the things that I know how to do to increase the balance in my bank account? Like, where's my first thought going? Is it going to lack or is it going to abundance? And once you start to hold yourself accountable for the thoughts that you think, then you actually have a foundation or have created a playing field to actually start the the financial manifestation process, if you will. Where, all right, now that I'm thinking more positively and I'm not thinking about problems all the time, I'm thinking about solutions, you get what you think about, you get what you focus on. And the more you focus on solutions, the more you'll find. The more problems you focus on, you're gonna find another problem. So those are things that it was very, challenging i say this very lightly right now but it's very challenging when you come from an environment where everybody is on the mountaintop yelling woe is me Mm. 
And when you come from an environment where everybody feels as though their their current predicament is a product of what somebody else did to them. Right. When you're raised in that, it's very hard by yourself to switch the gear into, all right, I'm a creator, not solely a a victim Mm -hmm. of circumstance. I create circumstances. So that shift, that mental shift is where the process starts. And for me, that started, I'd say, a year or so after graduating college. So 22, 23 years old when I started to really fish for this knowledge as far as how these billionaires and millionaires thought differently. And that was during my first job out of school. And then once I realized the thought process that you needed to have and I started to slowly adopt it, just from literally force-feeding myself all these YouTube videos, (laughs) I I got to a point where I realized that wealth for me was not going to be the product of a job that somebody gave me. So that first job out of school was kind of like my last corporate job, first and last. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I did to feel confident in making a decision to embark on an entrepreneurial trail in life rather than the corporate ladder what really gave me that that confidence to do that was learning how investments work how stocks work how real estate works and after assuming this these thought processes or these way to look at life from all these millionaires and billionaires i was listening to on youtube once i had the thought process kind of down pack or what i thought was down pack like okay now i know how to think I do need to dive over into the technical side because I know all this stuff is not just going to magically happen. Right. I started to look for people kind of close to me in my real life, not just on YouTube, that knew about stocks or knew about real estate. But to be honest, it was a discovery process for m- many people that are, are thinking about, okay, how, what do I do to better my financial situation? Or how do I make sure I'm on the right track to financial prosperity it's not thinking about ways to make money that's not the first step i could tell you exactly how to start a business to make a million dollars but if your if your mental is not tight you'll never get there even if i gave you the exact blueprint what are a few things you wish you would have known uh, about finances post-grad that you had to kind of like speed up that process (laughs) i got a controversial one that I'm sure most people, when they hear this, they're going to be like, what is he talking about? <laughs> um, Let's hear Your credit score doesn't matter. No. Mm. Hmm. Um, yeah. How's that? So we are often taught shoot for that 700 plus or 750 plus or whatever the going rate is for a good credit score because it always changes. Well, as far as what people categorize as good, mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, the main thing credit is used for 95% of the time is to help you get more debt. It has nothing to do with wealth. Wow. The credit game is a game of they're scoring how well you make payments. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. It's not, they're not scoring how well you can create a product and sell it. They're not scoring how many lives you can impact on a daily basis that ends up turning into value that you can now 
extract out of a business and be a millionaire, billionaire, whatever. It a credit score is a track record of how well you pay payments, make payments. Like that's all a credit score really tells you. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, there's a conditioning in our society where someone believes if they have a good credit score, that that means they're on the path to being wealthy and there is absolutely no correlation. Bruh. I'm not saying that a credit score isn't important, mm-hmm. but it, not it's not important for ingredient. creating wealth. Yeah. Okay. It's important if you are looking to, say, buy a car or get approved for an apartment or get a mortgage. It, it's definitely important in those facets, which could eventually turn into possibly a wealth wealth building resources for you, but you don't have to have a great credit score to become a millionaire billionaire. In a lot of cases, most of the millionaires that I know, they never had a great credit score because a lot of the things that come from, well, a lot of things that you need to do in order to break out of middle class into upper class and break into a new class of of a financial standing in order to break through that glass ceiling you need to know how to create value not how to pay payments mm. and so for a lot of them they took risk you have in order to create value you have to take risk a lot of times and you might miss a credit card payment because you took a credit card charged it up bought all the materials and it took you 60 days to start selling something where you missed one month of payments. Right. And so now your credit got dinged. But that doesn't mean that in those 60 days after you made your product and sold it that you didn't make $100,000. Right. right. So, I get so point, yeah. yeah, I think we just got to understand what basket we really need to be shooting at in relation to creating just a sense of financial prosperity. One of the things that I just really thought I wasted my time with was early on out of school. I was checking my credit score every week, looking where if it went up, went down. I had like a credit monitoring service because I was always on top of my credit score, and which was the responsible thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's just that I was putting energy into that, thinking that that was a wealth building activity. Right, right, right. Nothing coming back out. And it's not. Yeah. <laughs> So it's something that can definitely make sure that certain things you want to purchase in life that you might not have the cash for at the moment to make them as um, affordable as possible. Mm -hmm. When you're thinking about, all right, better credit means lower interest rate, meaning lower monthly payments. But then one of the thought processes I got exposed to watching all these videos of these super successful people is that the goal isn't to be able to manage payments, the goal is to be able to buy it outright without needing to make a payment. That's the real goal. So I need to focus on the things that give me the capital to to go buy a car, use car cash, rather than getting a loan and paying four hundred dollars a month for four years. Like what that's not that's not four hundred dollars a month for four years is gonna end up being way more than what the sticker price for that car was. I just wish, like, during that time, like, post-grad, just more aware and having people in our corner who, you know, was also educated on these things. I think post-grad or, you know, after we graduate, we just really don't have the knowledge or even think um, in the terms of, you know, what credit looks like or finances look like, you know, after we graduate. 
it's, yeah, we pretty much spend four years of your life learning something to come out to figure out like, okay, what did I learn? What am I doing? I oh, think I missed, it came I up missed for me. something, you know? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a big gap in certain things that take priority or precedence over others once you get out of those four years or two years or however long you're in college. The time frame to be like, bruh. All right, so I definitely don't know about my finances. Right. What do mm-hmm. I need to do? Which is pretty much the reason. I feel like as millennials, we, we go through this time period, like I said, just trying to play catch up. Understand right. it, depending on the school that you went to seeing how that circle works and you know the people around you who their family is and we're living off of our parents like status Mm -hmm. um but don't have some type of foundation of our own when it comes to finances right yeah right and one of the issues that i personally believe and have seen affect millennials in particular there's two big factors that make it feel like as a generation it's very hard for us to make up ground Those two factors is, one, the cost of living and how fast it's increasing year to year now versus how fast it was increasing year to year 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Cost of living, the rate in which cost of living increases is a lot higher than it used to be. So we all know every every year things get a little bit more expensive. And you you might not notice it year to year, but over the course of 10 years, you'll realize, wow, like 10 years ago, take a gas was $20. Now it's like 42. So- you, you notice it more so over time, but it's that dynamic of the cost of living just growing astronomically compared to the, the rise of wages. That's one issue. Okay. But then on the other side, as far as how expensive it's gotten to be qualified for a job. So that doesn't necessarily mean college. That could mean acquiring a skill. That could, right. it, it's a lot of costs that go into being qualified for a job. Whether it's an education, might, a lot of us, the first thing we think of is the cost of college, which is definitely a form of it. Mm-hmm. But you might also have to think about the cost of time. How long right. will it take me to perfect this skill to be ready for this job? And so, so when we think about the fact that in the qualifications for certain jobs is increasing very fast based on the development of technology that all right let's just say 20 years ago had a skill as a welder and let's let's just talk about some vocational skills for a second if you if you wanted to be a welder or you wanted to paint cars or you did some type of service related role that right 20 years ago you were operating very simple tools today those jobs have high-tech tools mm-hmm. so you got to learn and be qualified to not only know how to weld in, a, in as far as the technical process of welding or painting but you now also have to be qualified and know how to use the tool that yeah. is now used to do that which is, which is probably now a tool that's had a huge technological advance in the last 20 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like a never-ending process. It's a never-ending process. And, and, the, and the hard part for millennials, and this is what, what goes to this point in relation to the thing Warren Buffett said about thinking 50 years from now versus thinking about right now, you're late to the party and will always be late to the party if you're figuring out how to be qualified to do something right now. 
you got to be thinking about, all right, where is these industries or this thing I'm interested in, where is it going? And how can I make sure I'm qualified for where this industry will be in five years, mm-hmm. not where this is today? Yeah. So, and, and it's hard, especially for black millennials to do that because we have an extra debt burden because we went to college and our parents couldn't afford it and we were just up to our eyes in student loans. So it's like, I don't have time to learn a skill and do all these things. I got bills right now. Exactly. So yeah. So that's one issue. But then on the, on the other side, and that, that first point, it's like, well, I mean, the apartment, one bedroom apartment in any major city at this point is going to be more than $1,000 a month. Yeah. I can't think of any major city where you can get a one bedroom for less than 1000 a month. I remember, and this is crazy, I remember in college, and I graduated in college in 2010. I remember in college, in D.C., there were one-bedroom apartments for like $800. Oh, yeah, you definitely can't I get wish. that no more. I wish. <laughs> now, oh, yeah. it's like double that. Right. I swear, man. Sometimes so, triple that, depending on the area. But, right, and, t- and right now, the average salary isn't double what it was 10 years ago. Exactly. It's high. Bless. So, so when you think about these factors and it's like, I don't have any money left at the end of the day to use, to create wealth with. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where there, the discomfort is mm-hmm. in relation to feeling frustrated with, with the saving process, the investing process, the things that we all know we need to be doing, but it's frustrating when, because, all right, I know I need to be doing it, but dang, like, I, I do want to go out tonight and have mm-hmm. a drink at happy hour, I can't save. but I feel like doing that is, is, is keeping me from my big dream. Speaking on the generational wealth piece for you personally, was generational wealth always a thing for you or did it come over time with the trend of obtaining generational wealth for blacks and browns? Wow. I think for me, it came over time, but one of the things that I think is my personal cheat code. I don't know if this will work for everybody, but I know it's working for me is that I don't think about generational wealth. I really don't. Every day I'm thinking about when I think ahead and thinking 50 years down the line, instead of thinking about, all right, 50 years from now, I want my grandkids to have all the toys that they want, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, it doesn't really move me. Uh But if I think, all right, 50 years from now, what is the story that I want people to be reading about my life as far as how many people I helped or things that I inspired other people to do? That's what I'm thinking about all the time. Thinking about those things, which is, again, this is this wealth thought process. Uh-huh. Thinking about those things has put me in the position to have the opportunities that I am recognized for with monetary value. Yeah, I think that's still some form of like generational wealth, but you know, not True. for your family True. per se, but of it, course, yeah, well, right. you know, over time, you know, you still carry right. a legacy. But then I feel like You're you right. can't even have generational wealth um, if we're taking the right. quote um, of thinking 50 years ahead. You can't even hop on this train of we have to have generational wealth for our family or for ourselves if you're still thinking mm-hmm. about it today like you're thinking yeah. about how am i saving today not like what's going to happen in the next 50 years if that right. mentality or mindset doesn't switch you kind of 
wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it like this. And this, this I, I, I forgot where I saw this study, but it blew my mind. Right now, it's 2020. Mm-hmm. If you think 50 years from now, it'll be 2070, <laughs> which sounds crazy. Right. So, I always think about it from a perspective of, all right, just, it's just almost impossible to predict what's happening 50 years from now, right? Yeah. So what I realized with these guys, these billionaire, millionaire guys who always talk that, talk about, oh, think ahead, what they're doing, they're not trying to guess what 50 years from now, they're making the decision for us what life will mm. look like 50 years Be from now. Oh. Say what? That's a good point. Yeah, it's different. It's like they're not trying point. to predict anything. Mm-mm. They're saying, hold on, this is how we're operating now. I got the will to, to start a business or some type of redirection of society uh-huh. where, all right, if I'm Elon Musk, I know that 50 years from now, we're probably not going to be using petroleum gas in our cars. Right. So I'm going to make some sacrifices right now to figure out how to make these electric cars now. And because that's the first step to what I know will be true 50 years from now, mm-hmm. that there will be no such thing as a gas station. Yep. Wow. So it's for us, what, what the difference between making a livelihood today and being wealthy that far ahead of time is that a lot of us right now are thinking small and when i say in that context thinking small a lot of us right now are trying to figure out how to own a gas station yes not even thinking that the gas station may not even be here in 20 years yeah you're wasting your time yeah because you're thinking about what the opportunity is now and you're already too late yeah wow so that's that's this this wave right exactly thinking ahead and it's all about your mental like it's all about your mental Wow. It's, it's all about trusting your imagination. And if you don't have an imagination, you're still behind. Because some people are just like, I can't even think or fathom, mm-hmm. you know, what mm-hmm. that would look like. It's like, create it. Yeah, take chances. That's the yeah. biggest thing. You have to take chances. You know, that's where that creativity comes in, too. Like, you know, just kind of going off of what you, like, you know, what comes up in your mind, that creativity piece, and just take a leap of faith. So, and you said something very interesting, that people don't have imagination, right? Mm -hmm. People have amazing imaginations. (laughs) (laughs) People will imagine problems they don't even have. Oh, yes. Good point. So, (laughs) the, 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 the thing is, is that, okay, with my imagination, and this is the gym, I think. Every every week, people are always like, man, like every Sunday I get anxiety or I'm kind of depressed that I got another week of work ahead of me, right? Mm-hmm. And they hate their job or whatever their, their their situation may be currently. On Sunday, you have a couple hours or you can go sit outside for a little bit or maybe sit on your couch. And I challenge people to think about what you think about. Wow. Think about think what about. you think about. Yeah. Think about what you think about. And you'll realize, dang, all I do is think about problems. <laughs> I think about a bill. I think about, dang, I got to fold clothes. Dang, mm-hmm. I need to wash dishes. Dang, I got to iron. Dang, I got to I gotta go to the grocery store. It's, we are constantly thinking about problems. So... Once you take a moment to say, all right, let me evaluate what I think about. And then you'll realize 
It's nobody's fault where I am. I've been thinking about dead ends my whole life. And but sometimes it hurts to to take to have that level of self accountability because you you might feel that feeling like, man, I've robbed myself of some years of life. Yeah. But I don't think people should look at it like that. I think right. you should look at it like, all right, it took me X amount of years of of not knowing to feel that much more passionate about the solutions because it's like man if i spent the first 30 years of my life like thinking about thinking problems, about problems yeah. all the time then it's like man i i gotta put enough energy into the things that i want out of life that's gonna reverse this 30 years of nothing right it's a process to get right. ourselves out of that mindset too yeah, it takes it, a lot of accountability. It, yeah, for sure. For yourself. And sometimes we don't even want to hear that. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Just, you know, thinking of yourselves in that way and like, I'm okay, maybe I need to, you know, point the finger at myself. And a lot of times that's really, really hard to do. Yeah, very hard to do. But once you're at that point where you're willing to do that, just kind of me, hindsight, and hindsight's always twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Once I got to a point of, being willing to accept my mistakes as my mistakes, that from that point forward, life just got real easy. Yeah. And yeah. that I can real easy. to. For sure. You're making, um, you're figuring out solutions instead of yeah, worrying yeah, about it's, problems. It's, exactly. Going back to this imagination point and thinking about how to think ahead, our imagination, well, not even our imagination, but our thought process right now on our problems, the problems that we think about every day are our business ideas. Wow. There's more in store with learning how to obtain generational wealth on a millennial budget with Rob Boyd. Tune in next Wednesday at 12 noon for part two. We thank you for tuning in to a Mental Moment podcast with Jaya and C. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Mental Moment Podcast. And as always, we love to chat with you on Twitter and hear how you've enjoyed the show at underscore mental moment. A mental moment. All you need is a mental moment. Take a breather before you blow it. Don't hold it in. Posture or pretend. Just release and you feel far better within. A mental moment. Hey, all you need is a mental moment. A mental moment. With Jaya and C.